Welcome back to the Girls Talk Ag podcast, plowing through the manure online. Jen is back this week, ladies and gentlemen. We are so happy. Jen, thank you for Howdy. farming last week for oh, us. Yeah, Thank you. Thank you thank for thank thanking you. me. You're, I thank you. You are the best at farming. To you. feed the world. Well, actually, yes. I just want to feed myself, so... That's what, hey, whatever it takes. Karen's here too. She has been all over the countryside this past week. Karen, say hi to your adoring fans. Hello, adoring fans. Are my kids listening? Do I have other adoring fans? Okay. I adore your (laughs) fandom. I don't know. I got nothing. So my kids are, my kid's listening because he's sitting right behind me um, eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'm waiting for him to spill his milk. Because that's usually what happens. But he won't let me touch it. Like, he's hit that point in his life now. He's a grown-ass baby. He doesn't need any help. He's just like, I go to help him with the cup. I'm like, honey, you're going to stab yourself in the eye with the, the straw. And he, like, growls at me now. So I'm a grown-ass baby. If I want to stab myself in the eye, I will. I guess so. That's the point in life we've hit. So, yay. Um, This week, we are going to talk about size. George Costanza said it best. I was in the pool. Um, (laughs) Right? A little bit of shrinkage if it's cold. But uh, we're going to talk size of operation. And we're going to try to be mature and make it through this and allow you to listen to it with your children in the car. Whoa, wait. No one said about anything about maturity. (sighs) Okay. I'm going to try to be mature. We're going to try not to be 12-year-old little boys. Yes. Well, the fact that I got through last week's podcast with Karen talking about wet holes the entire time without giggling tells me that I'm an adult now. See, I'm so, I didn't even realize I'd said it. Yeah. I remember saying dirty ho a couple times, but that's about yeah, it. Yeah, that was a great podcast, though. If you haven't listened, go ahead and listen. Uh, it was fun. We missed Jen, though, because uh, she was busy feeding the world and herself. Right. Yes, you know. But so, I loved it. Actually, it was so much fun to listen to. The podcast without really us. It really was. It really was. It was exciting and, you know, I I don't know. It was different. It was fun. I enjoyed listening to it. Well, thank you for listening. Oh, thank you for thanking me. Yes. Yes, I appreciate it. So back to the size discussion. And, you know, it's not really something a lot of people have talked about because I think it's always thought that bigger is better, right? One would think, yes. What are we talking about again? Hold on. Operation size. (laughs) Operation care. Okay. Yeah. And even in anything else, you know, it's not always the case. The bigger is better. But when it comes to operations, you know, the one thing that everyone always thinks about is um, the BTO, the big time operation in your neck of the woods. Right. And depending on where you are, um, size, you know, the, the scope of, of operations uh, are can really vary. Um, you know, what makes a, a big time operator or a BTO in one state is entirely different in another, right? I mean, for us in uh, in Michigan, you know, most of the customers that I work with are three to 5,000 acre farmers. I have a lot of guys that are less than 1,500. You know, we have one guy in particular that depending on the, the day and which fabled size story you listen to, he's either 20,000 or 120,000 acres. I don't know. It depends on who you ask. You know, he's I think the, it depends on where you guy. are, too, because here in Illinois and Iowa, we talk about acres, but you go up to the Dakotas and they talk about quarters. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Well, in Arkansas, it's the same thing. Like, uh, down that way, you know, there it's not uncommon, I believe, to have a lot of farmers over 10,000 acres. And so where I came from, that was astounding to me. 
Um, so yeah, size matters, um, you know, on, on where you're at when it comes to where you're at and, and, uh, but in the end, does it really, or size varies. Maybe it, I don't want to say size matters. Size, this, how big you are or the idea that you're big varies on where you're farming. Right? I'm, having, I mean, I'm having trouble concentrating. I'm not going to lie, ladies. <laughs> what? Did you get okay, a donut? Focus. focus. From no. Casey's? <laughs> not a long John, that's for damn sure. <laughs> for those of you who don't get the joke, you're not listening to every podcast and you're getting a C in the class. So yes, you're going to have to go uh, Very back. much so, yes. Um, um, you so know, like, the other thing I think that matters, whether you're talking acres, hectares, what, what quarters, I, I don't even know how many there are out there. I mean, you got to figure out what's profitable for your business and your area. I mean, not all acres all across the United States are going to have the same profitability because they're all different. Yeah, very much right. so. Marginal I mean, acres would have, yeah, a different prior. Uh, profitability aspect. So, than so you know, you can you can say I farm ten thousand acres, and they may all be prime farmland, which is great. But there's a guy somewhere who says he's farming ten thousand acres, who's farming you know eight thousand marginal acres. So you know, you have to wonder: does size matter? Well, whether you're small or large, that doesn't always equal profitability. Exactly. So, I, you can exactly. Be. You can, yeah, you can have a smaller farm and own every single acre and be more profitable than a larger farm where you may rent more. And I, and I think that's, yeah, I think that's where this comes into play is we, we tend to get caught up in size when, when really what's most important is what makes money for your farm and, and what supports your family. Yeah. Well, do we get caught up in size because it's kind of like keeping up with the Joneses, like comparing, like if you're only farming 3,000 acres but doing it profitably, do you still feel lesser than someone farming 6,000 acres who may be questionably profitable? Exactly. Um, and then, you know, you get to take into your account, you know, do you have off-farm income? Are you, you know, is it co- is the farm covering all its own costs? I mean, there's just so much that goes well, into it. Piece. Of course, I don't really like people. So a small farm that I could handle myself, I'd be much, you know, I'd be much more at peace with than if I had a larger farm and had to actually employ other people. Right. You know, which which goes, you know, we're talking about size here, uh, land, but, you know, we've, we've, uh, we're on our last farrowing because um, livestock comes into play in size as well. Um, it was either increase the, you know, build more barns and increase the number of hogs we're selling, or it was we've got to cut something out because our labor situation is not working. Yeah. Well, I can tell you um, from an agribusiness standpoint, and we'll kind of talk a little bit more on, on some of that later um, on, but for us right now, when I first started, our, our goal with the company was to stay below 50 employees, simply because in the federal government's eyes, if you're below 50 employees, you're you're considered just, you know, a small business. Some of these rules and regulations don't apply to you, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it makes life easier when you are small. I mean, we're, we're truly a small company. The person that handles our HR also handles the bulk of, of spring um, chemical and fertilizer and application season and all of that. So... Um, you know, we're, we're tiny. Well, we started to get bigger because we started to do more and started to add employees and realized that we weren't getting anywhere because the employee situation was so poor. It's so hard to find someone willing to work in agriculture, um, that's not 
that it's not their farm. You know what I mean? Like you oh. can find people that are are qualified, but they're always going to the next gig or or you can't necessarily find the people that are qualified and and it seems as soon as you train them, they're off somewhere else or they, you know, you just run into all of these other situations that that are find- amazing that you have to deal with. Find somebody to work in a hog barn that they don't own. Oh yeah. I- I own the hog barns and I don't want to be in there all day. I wouldn't. I mean, I love me some bacon, but I don't need to make it. Like that's what I'm good. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's and so that's the thing is is really when it comes down to it, size doesn't matter, but sometimes I think that in you know, maybe well, formal ag groups or something like that. We tend to want the person who's farming the most to be the loudest person talking. And I don't think that that should matter at all. Or they want to be the lar- the the person talking the loudest. Yeah. Um, I think it gets in our heads. Oh, yeah, I th- there's a difference between a BTO and a BTFNO. You know, it's okay to be a big time operator, but it's not okay to be a BTF and O. And the F means exactly what you think it is. I mean, I think it's just like Fantastic. any other thing. <laughs> it's just like any other job. They're good and they're bad. I mean, there are some BTOs who treat their land well, treat their landowners well, and, you know, do what's right for, for them and, you know, are profitable and good to their employees. And then there are guys that are just assholes. So, no, well, they're in it for the big equipment and the numbers. Um, and are, those, are those numbers making sense on their operating note? Got me. I don't know. know how. And you will never know talking to them. And to be honest, I don't know how they could be. But I'd that's none of my business. Those are the quiet ones. No, they're not yeah. the ones showing off. And you but know, what qualifies a, as a BTO? Does that or did, the guy? Did we... The guy one step bigger than you. Yeah, and is it a bad word? Is it like advocator? Um, if you're a if BTO you who advocates, are you oh, okay? So like, I, I think it's all in your perception of the term or the what what are the acronyms or whatever. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's it's a bad term if you're not considered one. Um, and like yeah. I said, it's always the guy one step bigger than you. I mean, I would say a BTO to me would be like more than six thousand acres. Yeah. I would say most BTOs are probably at least ten. Yeah, but then, but then I have to go, and that does make sense. But then I have to go back to you know the guys. There are prime farmland farms farming that many acres. Don't get me wrong, but then, but then you have to go back to your profitability per acre. I mean, or hectare or whatever it is you're talking about. You know, I mean, that sounds like a lot of land. But if you're farming, you know, marginal to to probably shouldn't be farmed ground. Well, I think it depends where you are. I mean, if you're in North Dakota, 6,000 acres probably doesn't seem like a lot. But if you're in prime farmland in central Illinois, that's a pretty big chunk. That is a hell of a chunk. So, it's a, Yeah, I think it's a lot anyway. But yeah, like you's up in North Dakota when there's nothing to get in your way. Like it's all basically concurrent acreage. Like you said, quarters is what they're dealing with up there. Um, you know, it does. I mean, I still think it's a lot. I couldn't do it. I'm. I couldn't run it. I'd be I like, I'm either. sleepy now, you know. <laughs> um, so that's the thing, and I mean, the one thing that we've seen. Oh, someone's angry. The one thing that we've seen, um, or one thing that we brought up is is being a big operation or something of that nature tends to lead to discounts for size. 
what do you guys think about that? Is that a good thing? Should we do discounts for size? Should everyone's price be the same? What do you, you know, what's your opinion on that side of things? There's discounts everywhere you go. Um, people go to Sam's Club because you get quantities cheaper. You Amazon, the grocery clicking whatever shop and save Prime pantry. Prime pantry. Thank oh, you, Karen. Yes. Subscribe and save. Yeah. Subscribe and save. save. I mean, it's yeah. It's, Get a pallet a of toilet of, paper. Have yeah. we ever had a podcast where we don't bring up Amazon? Yeah. We, somebody needs to really get on them. They, Someone they, needs to let them know that we love them. That we exist and, and love But you're them. right. I mean, if you fill your Prime pantry box, it's cheaper to get it shipped to you than if you don't fill it. I mean... Yeah, and and subscribe and save. I mean, to be honest, that's how we get our pallet of toilet paper every two, three months. And uh, they bring with it a pallet of paper towels. And right. and and I'm not kidding. I mean, we get Neither a lot. I. I ordered and, um, baby puffs, know, the Gerber puffs, in yeah. packs of six. They're like, we suggest you order that every two two months. I'm like, <laughs> you haven't met my kid. Yeah. We need one a month. Like, thank you. That's why we go through um, one of those over one a week. I mean, there's discounts everywhere. I mean, that's why major corporations buy fleets of cars or, I mean, so I don't, I don't know that you can say that it's a, a bad thing if BTOs get a better price. I mean, if somebody's going to bring a semi load of seed out, they're going to want to get as much seed as they can out here, as opposed to driving a semi out here for, you know, one pro box. Well, I can tell you. Is it what? FBN is doing is trying to alleviate that discount for larger farmers. That's I mean, what they that say, their, but their transparency. I don't, you know, I can tell you from a supplier standpoint, or you know, we've set up seed seed shipments and things like that. It is a hell of a lot easier to say, okay, driver, this whole load goes to this farm. You will unload it at his seed shed, and you yeah. will come back. Then, okay, we've got to load this up. Now, you're going to stop at this farm first, so that's in the back of the trailer. This farm second, we got to put these bags in. Oh, wait, this guy only likes boxes, so we need to figure out how we're going to get them him his two boxes when you can fit however many on the the truck, you know, and, and well, we got and this it, guy that likes these and blah, 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 and you have 87 farmers on one semi-load because they all, you know, are 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 small. So it it, well, it is easier or it is more cost-effective. Um, it's a logistics to issue, too. I mean, those semis have to be loaded so that the next farm you go to is, you know, the next set of seed you got. So they need to be loaded. And, and then, you know, you want your route so that you're not backtracking. And it's it's more brain power than I got. Well, it's just like what we were talking about with your employee issues is, you know, if you have a guy that you already <laughs> struggle with following directions the last thing you want to do is try to give him seven directions because you have seven different loads and that's not saying there's anything wrong with the smaller farms i'm just saying there's a reason that sometimes the guys that are taking more get a little bit better deal right i mean that's just the way life is the bigger you are the more chicks you get oh i mean and that's that's the um the thing overall is, like I said, in, in agribusiness, working with size sometimes is much more convenient. Um, I guess you know, it depends on what you do, because for me, it doesn't matter. I don't charge per acre, and I don't have any idea how many acres each of my farmers has. Yeah. Um, okay, so you, you charge, charge the same by. price. Right. So what's we your price structure then? 
it's either an individual or an operation. So if like two brothers and two kids or whatever are farmed together, that's considered an operation. Um, however, if only one person comes to the meeting and only one person in the operation calls us, then they only pay for an individual. So is that right? That's interesting. That's an interesting yeah, way so to handle it. So whether. But what if I give advice on weed control, it doesn't matter to me whether they use it on one acre or they use it on 10,000. I mean, it's still the same advice. So, and well, your soil sampling? Sense. The soil sampling we do charge per acre, but we don't do that for all of our customers. That's not okay. – um, it's not a – um, it's optional. It's not a required. So some guys we do some for, some we don't, some we do certain fields, some – it just kind of depends. I mean, right. that, but that doesn't, um, you know, we don't necessarily do all of everyone's acres, so it doesn't equate to total acres either. So, you know, some guys do what they own or what they have long-term rent on, not something they have short-term, so. See, and I think that's fantastic because, um, you know, you don't feel as, um, if you do have a smaller operation and you come in and, and want an agronomist's help, um, I think that's a great way to go about it because you don't feel as uh, self-conscious about, you know, I everybody can, Everybody wants the best service they can get for their farm. And so I think that's a great way. Yeah, and I, I don't great. have any idea who has more acres than the other, and I don't really care. It makes more difference to me whether or not you're a jerk or not. So <laughs> I think well, that's, that's awesome. true. And it's I think that's the same thing is I'm willing to jump through um, a heck of a lot more hoops for I don't care about how big um, a customer's operation is if he's a good guy and I want to work with them. Um, yeah. You know, now if if I'm already hesitant to work with you to begin with and it's a pain in the neck to try, you know, and that's as as horrible as it is or as hard as it is, it's much easier for me to work with a guy that I can ship, you know, send in a set of doubles in the middle of harvest to pick up grain then, you know, okay, I've got to try to find this 800 bushel truck and a half a load because this guy only has this many in this hopper. And see, that goes back to the quantity thing. I mean, that's just, no matter what you're doing, that that's, some of that is just ease of transportation and ease of working with. Yeah. Yeah. It goes I back think- to our number one rule that we keep coming back to. Don't be a douchebag. Yeah. Yeah. Golden rule I mean, of Girls Talk Ag podcast. Yeah. Don't be a douche. Yeah. And I think I think that um you know I think what happens is size matters to you because you have such an inside look at your operation. You know, um let's be honest, um farmers know. I I mean uh, Chris knows it. I could take Chris on a county ride three counties wide and he could basically tell me who farms what ground. Um, and if you wanted to take the time, you could probably sit and add up how many acres you think they farm. But is that a valid use of your time? No. Um, is right. it good to know what's going on around you? Sure it is. Yeah. It's like sitting around trying to figure out, okay, so-and-so is a manager of a local branch of banks. And so their income should be about this every year. Based on monster.com. I mean, do you really want to right. sit down and, and worry that much about what's going on in someone else's house? I don't. But the right. thing is, you don't know what they bought their inputs for. You don't know if they hit yeah. the high or they hit the low or, you know, if some of these guys I do some stuff with and, you know, they're 
not getting the best price on some of the stuff they should. So, you, I mean, just because they're larger doesn't mean that, you know, they're always exactly. getting better deals. Yeah, you, you have no idea anybody's cash flow but your own. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that a lot of times farmers get caught up in when they're working on their own cash flows or thinking about it. You get caught up in your own world. And I think that just happens in every business. I think it well, just... And you don't know how their yields are. I mean, you can have two farms next to each other that can yield the same or they can yield completely different. I mean, there's so many right. other factors, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't I really think... know that it's necessary to whip out a measuring tape and have a measuring contest between acreage here. But, there it is. There um... <laughs> it is. There it is. I'm looking forward to saying that for three That's weeks. My <laughs> and I think it comes down to, you know, you got to take care of your own family. Um oh. You do what's best for you. I think size only matters uh, to you and those you think are judging you. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you have 2,500 acres and you own all of them, I'd say that's a better deal than having 4,000 acres and not owning any of them. For sure. Well, that's the other day we were on our way home from Des Moines and and, uh, we drove past a field. The guy was planting corn with an eight-row planter and a cabless tractor. And uh, we joked at how much his cost of his inputs probably were. <laughs> That's why, you know, yeah. Chris says all the time. Chris says all the time, man, I'd be happy to, you know, to do a really good job on so many acres with, you know, inexpensive farm machinery and, and just enjoy. Um, but it's kind of, it's kind of steered away from that a little bit. Well, that's why, why do you think that, that is? I mean, because that's a, a common thing. I'm not just saying you guys. I mean, that's everyone. Is it the keeping up with the Joneses like we were talking about? Is there a mentality that you have to be, have to have the, the nicest thing and the best stuff? And is it more of a mentality now than it was 20, 30 years ago? Or has it always it, been in place? Is it a generational thing? That's what, I mean, is it? Yeah, I mean, is it? I mean, do the younger guys, I mean, there's a lot of equipment out there that is nice. Boy, equipment's expensive, but, um, you know, you, you drive past somebody running the latest, greatest equipment, and and you assume they're successful and and making it work. I, I don't know. I mean, I'll be flat I would out say honest. The, is, go ahead, Karen. I would just say, I would say the newer equipment would make it easier for larger guys to get done quicker, especially if we had weather events. Yeah. So I think um, bigger equipment may be ease of equipment, depending on how many acres you have. But I mean, you know, if equipment's paid for, you know, that (laughs) that's, you got to say something for that too. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Chris, Chris plants our corn with a 84, what is it? 8420 or an 84? I don't know. Hell, front wheel assist. I plan all the beans with a forty four forty that's that's paid for. Um, so I don't know. I mean, his cab's a lot bigger than mine and looks a lot more comfortable. But are you measuring Chris's cab? I am measuring Chris's cab. I just realized that, Karen. Can what? I just say Chris's cab is bigger? <laughs> <laughs> you can't say the remote. Like, yes, that's it. That's it. You can't say the romance is out of your relationship as he gives you the tiny cab tractor and sends you on your right. way. That's <laughs> don't forget to have dinner ready when I get home. That's what you know. I. Uh, well, and that's the thing is, is there are benefits to being bigger, whether it's an equipment or, 
or not. I mean, there's there's access to credit because you have more equity, right? I mean, you have more things you can tap into. Now, you may be much, much further in debt, but no one needs to know that. But a bank is is more willing to probably bet on on someone with, you know, six to 10,000 acres than they are 500 to 1,000. What was the old joke? If, if you're small, the bank owns you. And if you're large, you own the bank. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and so is there a level of that? I mean, we've, we hear rumblings all the time about big, big folks going under around Michigan only to find out that a new bank's coming in to, to give them money to, to get another year under their belt or whatever. And, and that's, I can't help but think that a, a guy that was only farming a thousand acres, you know, I, I've seen plenty of guys actually that are farming, you know, 5,000 or less that have had a hard time getting their operating loan um, continued. Meanwhile, guys that have been in trouble for since 2012 or before, um, are, are, have no issue with getting another line of credit or even rolling an unpaid well, note into a be- new one. Is that ah. because the bank's so far into them, they can't step back? Oh, well, I think that's part of it. I think that goes uh, I mean, right I to, think that's part of it. Um, yeah. You know, are you approached more for opportunities if you're viewed as the BTO in the area or are you shunned if you're viewed as the BTO in the area? You I know, think if, it depends on what kind of BTO you are. Yeah. You know, I I also think it depends on what landowners are looking for. True. Um, you Which know, usually is the highest dollar paid, right? Well, like not always though, because I know a certain BTO kind of south of here who gets approached by landlords, and he does not pay the highest rent. He just does the best uh, at what he's doing, or he's the best to work with. I mean, he, is that what? Yeah, I think I it mean, depends on. I mean, you got your guys out there who who are big and and pay attention to detail because they have the um labor to do that. You also got your small guys who that didn't sound very good did it. You also got your I can't think of another way to say it. Less than big guys. Less than big guys. <laughs> no, it's the same as small, but it just yeah, no. doesn't give a blow to the ego quite the same. Right. <laughs> growers but not showers. Sorry. Right. Growers but not showers. That's you know. Right. You know, and who, now we are, are an X-rated podcast. Yeah. Right. Who who not are you know, paying paying all this attention to detail and the farms look nice and they're taking good care of the farms and and that they don't you know, making each bushel count, making, you know, if, if you want to say that, I, I don't know. I th- it's just think it's, it's so individual. Well, if you yeah. want to ever have a really good time for a good time, call, no, right? get, <laughs> get on, get on new ag talk and put BTO in the subject line. Oh my. Woo! Yeah. You will get so many panties in a wad. There will be, <laughs> I, I, I just talk about it. Measuring contest. Uh-huh. Um, I avoid new ag talk just because I know that somewhere, oh somewhere, my gosh. some someone somewhere on that website is probably talking about something I said on one of the last shows and how stupid I am. You know, but, I don't know. Um, I think you just get dumber on that site. <laughs> I, I sometimes, sometimes you just scroll it to read it because wow, and it's the wild west. Yeah, it wild is the west wild of the internet. West. There's no policing. There's no. You know, it's advertising. It's it's new ag talk because old ag talk got so shitty. Is it really? (laughs) Is that what? Oh yeah. See, I don't ever even. I I you know I might used to be just. It used to be just ag talk. Now it's new ag talk because there was so much crap and weird shit going on over there. 
I get stuff sent to me and I'm just like, please get off that site. Find somewhere else. Yeah. (laughs) Go on Twitter because at least on Twitter, if you're not telling the truth, people will call you out on it. Exactly. Or they'll ignore you like Karen recommends. Well. That's one way or the other. You know, but that's, I mean, it's true. I've never been on... But I, I do know that it's it's funny to me because you'll see people that you know or that you've interacted with on Twitter that'll post a link to something being discussed on New Ag Talk. And it's, it's uh, I don't know, I like, I, like you said, I kind of feel dumber reading most of it. And I'm not taken away from anyone. I mean, if that's what you find is fun, then woohoo. But um, I think you just have to know when to weed out the shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is hard and anywhere. most of it probably is. I think. It's, it's hard anywhere. You know, Carl it's, and I have a yeah. conversation about Twitter and sometimes he gets so mad. Oh my gosh. I, you know, he'll, he, his blood pressure will go up over a conversation that he had with some stupid troll. And I'm like, oh, that oh person? Like. Yes. Chris will read stuff on Twitter. He's like, did you see this? I'm like, no, because I scrolled past it because it looked like bullshit. Right. I blocked that person <laughs> months ago. What the hell are you talking yeah. about? You know? That's why there are people that complain about people tweeting stuff. Mute it if you don't like it. Mute that word. Do whatever. Yeah. I don't care. Um, Dude, you you need to figure out something to do with auto steer instead of scrolling Twitter. Right. That's what you see in your auto steer tractor that Jen should be using to plant beans in. Right. So, a BTO. That's okay. I want to be a BTO. Chris is his own BTO. <laughs> With his big old cab. Right. His big cab. <laughs> but I mean, that goes back to it. Where we were talking about size doesn't guarantee profitability. And and I had a, a friend that got into the trucking industry, right? And and we grew together. I mean, literally, I the first summer that I started trading grain was the first summer that he really was hauling grain. He had done. A construction, he'd been in construction, this was 2006, so he'd been in construction and the the construction industry was taking a significant downturn where we were. It was ahead of the housing crash and blah, blah, blah. And and so he needed to do something else. And he had a friend that had a a truck that he could, uh, or he had his own truck, I don't even know. Somehow he got started. He was renting a trailer. I think he was even renting a truck when he first started. But he had a truck and a trailer and that was it. He was he was renting them from someone. And we started working together and he went out and he bought his own truck and he bought his own trailer. You know, I just liked the guy. I thought he was a hard worker and he was willing to to do everything. And next thing you know, you know, fast forward two, three years later, he's got three, four, five trucks. He's trying to work with three, four, five drivers. Um, he's pulling his hair out. And uh, he finally said to me one day, you know, he was going to liquidate. He could sell his trucks and trailers for some money. And and he said, you know, after a while, it just gets to be more zeros and less on the profitability end. He's like, I'm not making any more money than what I was making before, but I have so many more headaches. Yeah. And so I thought that was interesting in the sense that, you know, Bigger isn't always better, but everyone always thinks they need to be, you know, I have another friend that, that runs a trucking company and, uh, he has, has 12 and he's always wanting to get bigger, even though he's always complaining about how much he wants to, you know, how, how he never has time to do anything. Cause he wrenches on all of them and does this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, why, why do you want to get bigger? You know, <laughs> eventually you can tell people no on those crappy jobs if you have to, and, and not have to have um 20 trucks underneath you or something weird like that and i think it's the same principle across the board whether you're talking acres trucks customers you know i don't know what do you guys think on that 
I think that every industry has its, yeah, has its issues with stuff like that. Yeah, where you think I mean, you need to be bigger. and Where you think you need to be bigger. You know, you got your, you know, lawyers need more clients and restaurants need more customers. And, and then, you know, then you've got a whole snowball of things that affect when you get more of anything. Yeah. Well, I'm I kind agree. of happy just in my little corner saving myself. I mean, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what getting bigger save, doesn't appeal to me because that means less time to hang out with the kids and to do fun things. And, you know, yeah. I don't know. Being bigger, at least in for me in our business, it, it doesn't appeal to me. I'm content with what we have. Yeah. Well, and that's right. how I feel. I mean, that's I came in with this idea that uh, um, when I started at Citizens, you know, we were trading three and a half million bushel when I started. And it was all elevator bushels, pretty much. Um, within three or four years, we were trading over 12 million. And the bulk of it was off farms and with new customers and this, that, and the other thing. And, and um, we got to the end of the year trading all of these bushels. And we actually were making less in the end, overall. So, you know, I think I've brought it up in past podcasts. I was working 12, 13 hours a day, um, breaking my neck, you know, trying to do everything I can, dealing with every customer that would call me and figuring out a way to make it work, throwing good money after bad, you know, thinking that that was what I needed to do to get big. We'd eventually use the Walmart model, right? We'd make less per bushel, but we'd handle more bushels and life would be great. No, it's stupid. <laughs> right. I mean, it is. I mean, you can only do so much and still live your life. That's just it. And now, you know, I've got Colton, so I don't really have the opportunity to to work like I used to. I just flat can't. And, uh, and uh, you know, I feel like I do a lot less, but at the end of each month, we're making more. We're handling less. You know, my boss is like, why are we handling so much less? Well, I've decided I'm not going to touch it if I can't be profitable. You know, so I've had that struggle, you know, that the the farmers have when land comes up for rent and they can't really figure out how they're going to pencil it out, but they feel like they should take it. You know, I, I get it. I understand. And it's a hard decision to make sometimes that bigger isn't always better. It's not, but the way the, the rental market is now, you know, some of that, sometimes you just have, it's hard to pass up ground because what if the next farm that comes along is few and far between number one and you're overlooked because you've passed up a farm recently and it's it's a tough call yeah and and i think that's where it comes in is that you know size matters to you and your operation you have to make it work you can't you can't be constantly worried about what everything around not everything everyone around you thinks yeah um you have to work for you I just had someone, you know, basically say size dictates what you can do to a certain extent. Yeah. Do you think that's true? I mean, do you think that uh, it it limit? Or, I mean, being small limits certain farmers. Oh, hadn't thought about it that way. I guess I was thinking, um, you know, once you get so big, you have to rely on people. You you don't have that that constant control over say every acre or every job or task that needs done. Yeah. Um, then you have to be willing when you get that big, you have to be willing to say, well, 
you know, I can't spray every acre myself or I can't walk every acre looking for every weed or, yeah, you know, you have to trust other people to do that. Hmm. Talk about it from a small perspective. Say that again. Say what you just said again. Does size limit um, – size dictates what you can do. So would, would being small um, limit your ability to be profitable, do you think? No, oh, because wow. you would just have uh-uh. smaller equipment and – I mean, there's no minimum size that says, oh, you, you can call yourself a farmer and you can't. And I know some bloggers have tried to debate this, which is completely ridiculous. But, um, you know, I don't think so. I mean, if you have 300 acres and, you know, you have smaller equipment that you own, you can certainly be profitable. As as, I mean, as long as you're operating within your means, for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, it may not be your only job. I mean, you may have a side job, too, but that doesn't mean you can't be profitable farming. Can you grow in today's industry? In today, in the setup, the way today is, if you... If you, let's say you're 20-something years old and your grandpa had farmed and had been renting, you know, we'd been renting out, your family had been renting out 300 acres and you're able to buy it for a reasonable fee or price or whatever and and you have the 300 acres, are you ever going to be able to grow outside of that in today's farming economy? Do you think? Wow, I'd I'd say... You know, I know uh, uh, Nathan Brown over in Ohio is a first-generation farmer. He got started, you know, when he was a kid with a neighbor. Um, I Don't get me wrong. I think it's tough, but is it possible? Yeah. Well, Nothing's look at impossible, Sam Evans Camp. This is yeah. the first year that the crop is actually his, and the way that kid analyzes things, I guarantee you that he's going to be profitable and probably grow just because of his personality. Yeah. So I don't think it's limiting. I have a guy that's the oh. same. He's first generation. It's same thing. Neighbor, his uh, he he'd started working for his neighbor when he was seventeen, and he'll take over his neighbor's farm. Um, he'll pay for it, of yeah. course, and he'll do all of this. And he's bought his own land in the meantime, you know. But I think some some young people, and it might depend on the the neighborhood and where you're at, and and whether or not people want to give you a chance. You know, um, there are some older farmers who don't have children who yeah. are, you know, transitioning to people outside their family. So, yeah, I'd say. Oh, yeah, we've got that possible. going on around here. Two different yeah. situations I can think of. Um, well, I look at like I, Sam Morris. I, it's not too, easy. In Nebraska, Sam, his, he's uh, first generation after skipping a generation. So, you know, no, it's, I don't think it's easy. It's nowhere near as easy. As someone who's a multi-generational already knows what they're coming into. I guess unless the multi-generational already knows what they're coming into is burdened with significant debt. And and family. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to, you know, not every farm is like this, but, you know, working with family isn't easy. You You got multiple generations going on there. You're talking about people who have if it's a corporation who have ownership in the farm who aren't there on a day-to-day basis yeah making decisions about things that you do every day or they think um, it's worth a lot i've got a farmer that he's the only one out of the group he's got three other siblings he's the only one out of the group that uh wanted to farm while his siblings seem to think that he needs to pay top dollar to them to be able to have access to that family's land Exactly. And so, I mean, you got issues going everywhere. Yeah. Um, nobody ever said life was going to be easy. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was easy. Everyone would do it, right? 
Right. Um, I mean, you know, but I think in the end, when it comes down to it, um, being bigger may have its benefits, but sometimes if you can realize or recognize that, you know, why you're doing so, are you doing it just to keep up with the Joneses or are you doing it because it's better for your operation? Um, you know, I think makes the most sense. Colton apparently has an opinion on this. Um, so basically being better is all show. No, right. No, take that out. Being bigger is all for show. Right. Be, after a while, how big you are is just bragging. Right. I mean, it is. I mean, <laughs> like I said, you know, the larger BTOs that are good, they're quiet. Yeah. Right. You don't know you about know, they're not It's not a contest anything. to them. They're doing their job. And they're not out trying right. to uh, do things at the cost of other people. And I, so it goes back right. to the whole don't be a douchebag thing. You want to exactly. get big, that's great. Just don't be a jerk about it. You can be a douchebag and have 300 acres, too. So. Oh, I've met plenty. It's true. Yeah. that That's for darn sure. So anything else you guys want to add before we wrap so up? So basically, we're saying size doesn't matter. It's the motion in your ocean. Right? It's how you work your acres. There you go. It doesn't matter how big you are. It's how you work your acres. It's how you work your acres. I thought it was the thrust in your lust. <laughs> oh, that's a new one. See, I hadn't heard that. What? I like that what one. What did you just say? Or it could be the thrust in your tractor. <laughs> I can't. No, say that it. doesn't make sense either. I don't know. But now, now we've just now. Uh, we've and taken then it there out. we go. Let's talk Amazon to refocus. <laughs> so we're back into long jobs, right? Oh man, <laughs> we're a mess. But but no. Do you guys think any? You want to add anything else, or are you you thinking? No, I think we better stop. Yeah, before <laughs> we, we end up stop. getting kicked off from iTunes. Probably a good idea, right? So, all right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will be back next week with another great podcast. Five stars, some may say. Some have even went so I far say. as to say six. Oh, I like six stars. Right? So. Right. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>